0: Thin Air is an independently created podcast by Daniel Calderon and Jordan Sims. We are supported in part by our donors at patreon.com slash podcast. Our patrons help us to produce, write, and create our show and also get rewards for their support like Patreon exclusive bonus episodes, ad free episodes, and stickers. So if you like what we do and want to help us keep the lights on, then head on over to patreon.com slash podcast. With the holidays quickly approaching, we wanted to share our schedule for the upcoming month. Today's episode will be followed by an episode on December 18th that's just one week away from now. After that, we're on a holiday break until January 29th. Today's episode is brought to you by BarkBox. Thanks to BarkBox for supporting Thin Air. BarkBox is a subscription service that delivers a selection of treats and toys for your dog right to your door each month. For a free extra month of BarkBox, when you subscribe to a six or 12 month plan, go to barkbox.com slash thin air. When 38 year old Wanda Lemons went missing on or around November 3rd, 2014, the story seemed all too familiar to the residents of Chillicothe, Ohio. Earlier that year, in May, two women vanished. One, Tamika Lynch, was found dead shortly after, and the other, Charlotte Trego, remains missing. Wanda became the latest victim of something that was starting to look bigger and bigger as time went on. The next month, on Christmas, a woman named Shasta Himmelrich went missing, and then she was also found dead shortly after. Six months later, in May of 2015, two other women went missing, Tiffany Sayer and Timberly Clater. They were both later found dead. That's six women total, with only Charlotte and Wanda remaining missing. Residents of Chillicothe began to worry that someone, a serial killer perhaps, was killing women in their small community. Chances are you've heard this story before. It didn't take long for it to get national attention.
1: Entire town on edge. Several women go missing. Some of them later found dead. Now the FBI is asking if there's a killer behind all of their deaths. You're looking down. The cases
0: of these women fascinated many in the true crime community who were eager to discuss the case and help find leads. In 2016, Investigation Discovery did a six-part special called The Vanishing Women. In August of 2017, Spike TV aired an eight-part documentary created by Joe Berlinger, the renowned director of the groundbreaking documentary Paradise Lost. The documentary series that he did on these women was called Gone, The Forgotten Women of Ohio. Both of these documentaries do important work in this case, and they linked the women together primarily by lifestyle and background. Gone even traveled to other nearby cities like Columbus and Portsmouth and found all too familiar stories of missing and murdered women. What both documentaries discover is that the lives of all of these women had been affected by addiction in what many are calling the opioid epidemic. The women of Chillicothe were rumored to have known each other and run in similar circles. The town had been ravaged by drug addiction, which had wrought chaos in the community and, as the story went, in the lives of all of these women. Many of them had worked as prostitutes, and all had struggled with drug abuse. All of the women may have known or run afoul of a dangerous local criminal and drug lord, a man named Ernest Moore, also known as Dollar Bill. Wanda Lemon seemingly fits this profile. She had struggled with drugs in her past. She moved around a lot and didn't always have a stable place to call home. And she went missing around the same time the other women did, other women that she may have been acquaintances with. She may also have known Dollar Bill. It's hard to even mention Wanda's disappearance outside of the other Chillicothe women. As I began researching, it seemed that there was little information about her disappearance outside of the context of these other cases. But the more I researched and conducted interviews, the more I began to question if Wanda's disappearance was related to the other women at all, and if being connected to them may have resulted in the details of her case being lost to the bigger picture. In today's episode of Thin Air Podcast, the first of two on the disappearance of Wanda Lemons, I wanted to begin this episode with how I first heard about the case, with Wanda being one of the Chillicothe Six. We begin with the circumstances of how Wanda disappeared and how that disappearance fits into the larger context of the missing and murdered women of Chillicothe.
2: Uh, Well, I can tell you, uh, she was a beautiful girl. Uh, She was kind-hearted. She'd give you a shirt off of her back. My full name is Diana Lynn Willett, and I am Wanda Lemons' mom.
0: Speaking to the media is nothing new for Diana. As a mother of one of Chillicothe's missing women, she's joined a community of mothers hoping to keep their daughters' stories in the media with the hope of getting answers.
2: I've had bonded with all the mothers. When you speak to
0: each other, do you all feel like, do you all think that like, yeah, whatever happened to our girls is, they all sort of met the same fate?
2: That's all connection, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we all feel that way.
0: Getting down to the specifics of Wanda's disappearance is something that's easier said than done. For starters, the date that Wanda went missing isn't actually known for certain and is sometimes listed as being either November 3rd, 4th, or 5th. In fact, Wanda wasn't even reported missing until the day after Christmas, nearly a month and a half after she was last seen.
3: Sometimes my mom just goes off the radar for a week or two, you can't find out how to get a hold of her.
0: That's Megan Hodges, Wanda's oldest daughter. Around the time she went missing, Wanda and Megan had been talking a lot, nearly every day.
3: After Thanksgiving, a month another month went by, and that's when my family started calling me, because they knew that me and her talked a lot, and was asking, you know, have you heard from mom? And I was like, no, I haven't, and that's, that's actually pretty strange, because she was calling me, like, I mean, almost daily, up until November 4th. Um, once we kind of realized the day after Christmas that nobody had heard from her um, and, you know, Thanksgiving went by, Christmas went by. That's pretty weird. Never, you don't hear from her on, you know, Thanksgiving or Christmas. So uh, the day after Christmas is when we kind of, everybody put two and two together and we were like, let's go ahead and put up missing person report. And I thought it was just going to be a huge misunderstanding. And, you know, I was going to end up hearing from her a week or two down the road. And, you know, they we are all going to be like, oh, my gosh, mom, come on.
0: Megan lives in Texas, where she was born and raised. Wanda herself was from Texas. All of her children lived there, except for her youngest daughter, Heaven, who was born and lived in Chillicothe. In fact, Wanda was only in Chillicothe at the time to get custody of Heaven, with the hopes of eventually taking her back to Texas.
3: That's why, you know, when nobody heard from her for a while, nobody was, like, super concerned at first, because she just does things like that. That's just my mom. We call her, like, a, a, a free bird. She just doesn't like to be tied down or caged. She likes to just kind of roam. But Texas is where she's always been, and then she, like I said, was just in Ohio briefly to gain custody of my sister and then was going to come back down to Texas. So I want to say she was there, like, three to six months before she went with me.
0: While living in Chillicothe and waiting for the hearing date, Wanda was living with a man named Marvin. Where was she living?
2: She was just staying with friends, just different people. At that time, the one friend she was staying with was uh, his name was Marvin. Uh huh. He lives uh, not too far from where I live at now.
0: Would she hang out with Marvin pretty regularly?
2: Oh yeah, they were re- yeah, the regular friends. I didn't re- didn't approve of him, but uh, why not? because he was an alcoholic and he was abusive to my daughter. And I didn't like it.
0: Wanda had a history of seeing and living with men who were abusive to her. But both Megan and Diana never really knew how to address their concerns with Wanda.
2: I didn't meddle in my daughter's life. Uh, you know, what she did when she wasn't here at my house was her business. But I did tell her that uh, when she was around certain people that they weren't good for her. But, uh, She was an adult, and then she would say, You know, she would say, Well, mom, I'll do what I want when I want. I'm an adult. Uh, The thing with my
3: mom is she um, would sometimes get herself in sketchy situations. And I think the older I got, the more I would kind of question her and treat her as if she were my child. And it would make her kind of mad, you know, she would get defensive and tell me, I don't need to ask her where she's at or who she's staying with. She didn't like questions and it would cause fights between us a lot. So I would try to just very vaguely understand where she was staying and, you know, without prying and making her feel like I'm treating her like I'm her mom.
0: (laughs) There's not a lot of information I could find out about Marvin or his relationship to Wanda. He did not respond to our request for an interview. Some of the details that are available online refer to a male friend. It's likely that this person is Marvin, but perhaps not. Whoever this person is, he claimed that around November 4th, Wanda had told him that she was planning to travel with a truck driver back to Texas. The name of this truck driver was said to be Darius or Demarcus Thomas, and he was described as being African American.
2: She was supposed to be leaving to go to Texas, and she was supposed to be uh, leaving with a truck driver. And uh, we gave them the truck driver's name, and there was no such person at that name.
0: This piece of information is hard for me to understand and was even harder to verify. Who told police about this truck driver? Was it Marvin? And why would Wanda travel back to Texas during this time if she was in a custody battle in Ohio? Another problem with this surprise return to Texas was that Diana claimed the last time she spoke to Wanda, they discussed what Diana would be making for Thanksgiving. Just a quick note about the date here. Diana says she spoke to Wanda on November 5th, which some sources say is the day after she was last seen. Other sources of information I found have this last phone call with Diana as happening in late October.
2: The last time I talked to her was uh, November the 5th. That's when we were talking about Thanksgiving. She was uh, wanting to know what mom was going to cook for Thanksgiving dinner. And uh, she wanted to know if I was going to make any of her favorites. And I said yes. And one one of her favorite dishes was the English pea salad.
0: If Wanda did plan on attending Thanksgiving at Diana's and going through with the custody hearing, it doesn't make much sense that she would return to Texas. But of course, it's not impossible. And in fact, Wanda would often make surprise visits to her family there.
3: She just kind of roamed. I never know how exactly she gets there. And like I said, I can't really ask her that many questions because I don't want to fight with her. But she did. She came down to Texas randomly. In June of
2: was it June
3: 2014
0: I want to say. Wanda was often back and forth between Ohio and Texas, the two states where her children lived. When Wanda returned to Texas on this sudden visit that Megan's talking about, she had just left a rehab facility, which Megan said was for her mental health rather than drug use. When Wanda arrived in Texas, Megan learned something shocking about her mother's health.
3: She was supposed to be here a, a certain amount of time, and I just got a call one time in June 2014. My mom was just like, hey, honey, it's me, Mom. Um, I'm, guess where I'm going? I'm to to Texas. You see, you know, and that's my mom. So I couldn't get a hold of her. She kept calling from gas stations and bus stations, and finally I got a hold of her some way, or I think I was able to answer the call when she called and asked her where she was at and how she was getting here. You know, what happened to the rehabilitation center and how she was to be there. And she told me that they had released her because she had cirrhosis of the liver. And they were not thinking she had much longer than about six months to live.
0: This information, that Wanda was gravely ill in the months before her disappearance, potentially changes a lot in her case. But Megan described that sometimes she didn't know if her mom was telling the truth.
3: With my mom, I kind of took it with a grain of sand because I wasn't quite sure. She doesn't lie, necessarily. She maybe fabricates things. So I wasn't sure, like, what to think. And um, so she came down here and she was staying with me for a while. Megan
0: explained that her mom may have been telling the truth because a family member, who is a nurse, observed signs that Wanda may have been sick.
3: I took her to go see my other little sister, Paige, which is her daughter as well. And her adoptive mom, I guess you would say, actually her adoptive mom had texted me later and said, hey, I don't think your mom is lying about cirrhosis of the liver because her eye whites are yellow and her skin has a yellow tone to it, which is symptoms of cirrhosis of the liver. So my mom stayed with us for a while. She, uh, like I said, just bounces around. So she went to stay with another friend in Houston. And then before I knew that she called me and had told me she was staying in Galveston. I don't know who with, just some friends. Like I said, couldn't really ask a lot of questions. So she was there for a while. I think from Galveston is where she went to Ohio for the custody battle. So she's she's been everywhere, really.
0: Megan didn't know too much about her mom's past and struggles with drug addiction until she was an adult when Wanda sat down with her and told her.
3: We were sheltered, I think, a lot from the truth of my mom uh, as kids. And so not really until, you know, a year a year or two before the disappearance did I really learn uh, from my mom. She was the one who told me, because nobody else would tell me this, but um, my mom would tell me that she, when she was younger, she struggled with all different kinds of drugs. She had been picked out. I never really knew that mom that was a stripper and, you know, Uh, had done drugs and stuff because I was young and not around her much. As much as I hate to say it, it is the truth. She did struggle with um, drugs, alcohol. She had got kicked out of her house, I think, at 13. It was, like, a horrific childhood. I mean horrific. Which is why I don't blame her for, you know, some of the things she's done. So, you know, then her dad kicks her out at 12. She doesn't have her mom. Her mom's already over in Ohio, and, you know, they, they're they not close. She was, you know, 12 years old on the street, got pregnant with my brother Christopher at, I think, 12 and had him at 13. But, I mean, what do you do at 13? You have a child. You don't have anywhere to live. So, you know, you don't get into bad crowds because those are the only people who are going to take you in and help you out. So she, um, she did start at a very young age doing drugs and uh, alcohol and then I'm sure she did heroin and cocaine and I don't even want to know what else, but so it was a lifestyle for her for um, like a decade. And she had even, the way my dad got custody of me was she had ended up in a hospital. I don't know if she overdosed or just was like near her death from drugs and my dad went in there and had her sign over custody to me. Because they were thinking she was going to die. Um, I was like really young. I'm probably like not even one.
0: Even though Wanda had a difficult upbringing and had struggled with drugs in the past, she had also worked to get clean. Both Megan and Diana argued that Wanda was clean at the time of her disappearance.
2: When she disappeared, she was on the process of getting her lot back to get uh, back to. Uh... Doing, uh, she was going to her rehabs and, and all that stuff that she was supposed to be doing because she was going back to court to get custody of her child. She uh, was doing good. I mean, she was doing really good. She had just got done with rehab and all that, and she was going to her meetings, going back to church and uh, doing the things that she's supposed to have been doing. And she had been passing her drug test. That's about all I can say about that because it's about all that was going on at the time.
3: I was talking to my mom on a weekly basis, if not daily, and I know my mom when she's messed up, and I know my mom when she's still and she was completely fine. She was up there. She had to get custody of my little sister and come back down to Texas. She had it all planned out. She was happy. She was thanking God every day that she was there with my little sister, and for for a while she had been away from my little sister, so she was definitely not under the influence.
0: If Wanda wasn't using at the time of her disappearance, could she still be connected to the cases of the other Chillicothe women through her past and by knowing people in the community? Diana thinks so. A big part of this is that another woman went missing and some other women.
2: Yeah, we had six all together. Within a year and a half, uh, we had uh, six come up missing. Four we've they found four dead and uh, the two uh, there's still two missing. It's my daughter and then the Trigo girl. And
0: the women who were found or who are missing are they related in some way? I think that people have sort of said they all knew each other. So does your town sort of think that there might be a serial killer or some really dangerous predator?
2: They did at first, but uh, no, they kind of have a. I think they kind of have an idea of a uh, guy that's involved was a uh, and he's in prison right now and that's uh, the, he goes by dollar bill. Yeah, I think he had a lot to do with these girls. And then on Spike TV when they had that series, uh, he said on there that he should have burnt said he burnt Charlotte Trigo and that he should have burnt all the girls. that's what he said.
0: When we get back from this short break, we discuss the disappearances and murders of the Chillicothe women and the reason why some believe Wanda's disappearance is connected to the dangerous criminal known as Dollar Bill. Join us after this quick word.
4: Jordan and I would like to thank BarkBox for supporting our podcast. BarkBox is a subscription service that delivers a selection of treats and toys for your dog right to your door each month. All you have to do is tell BarkBox how big your dog is and choose a monthly plan subscription, which you may cancel at any time. Last month, BarkBox sent me a box of toys and treats for my dogs, Lucy and Leon. The boxes were space and dinosaur-themed and contained an assortment of squeaky toys and dog treats that my dogs absolutely loved. I'm proud to report that after over a month of playing with these toys, they are still intact. My dogs are notorious for ripping apart their favorite toys, but BarkBox toys are such high quality, they have managed to survive endless chewing, tugging, throwing, and playing. My dogs continue to love these well-crafted toys and I'm sure yours will too. BarkBox is shipped directly to your door. It's a great way to try a variety of treats and toys from local and small businesses that you may not otherwise be able to find. All edibles are made in the United States or Canada. BarkBox will replace any items your dog doesn't like from the box and send you something else for free. If you would like to take advantage of our special offer in which you get a free extra month of BarkBox when you subscribe to a 6 or 12 month plan, then visit barkbox.com/thinair. Again, that's barkbox.com/thinair for a free extra month when you subscribe to a 6 or 12 month plan.
0: May 10th, 2011. In a Cincinnati courtroom, Dr. Paul Holland Volkman is convicted of 18 separate crimes, four of which were illegal drug distribution, which resulted in death. Volkman was the head of one of America's largest pill mills at the time, pill mills being clinics which operate to dispense powerful narcotics outside of medical need.
1: Several years back, the um, Ohio Attorney General's office which under that is a specific group called the Bureau of Criminal Investigation BCI raided several quote unquote, fake doctors' offices where doctors were prescribing painkillers that people um, basically they desk set up one exam table and pads and pads of pads assigned prescriptions.
0: An article in the FBI archives about this case reads, quote, Volkman was the physician at the center of a criminal scheme to distribute millions of controlled substances to hundreds of individuals in exchange for cash, a scheme that brought addiction, diversion, and death to southeastern Ohio and beyond. The article added that Volkman was the largest purchaser of OxyContin in the United States between 2003 and 2005. Volkeman operated four clinics in Southern Ohio, which dispensed opiates into the community like candy. Three of these were in Portsmouth, and one was in Chillicothe. Volkeman's pill mills saturated these areas with vast amounts of these powerful and addictive drugs. And when he was arrested and his offices were closed, a void in the market was created.
1: Three of the doctors that were involved are all now in federal prison. So when the pill supply dried up, heroin became a huge problem um, in in that area. And um, in order to to get their fix from the same effects from the pills, heroin provides just a more port- potent dosage than the actual prescription medication does. In needing to get the prescription or the heroin so they don't get drug sick, a lot of the women turn to prostitution also in the area.
0: This was the environment these women found themselves in in 2014, when Tamika Lynch and Charlotte Trego went missing in May. Mike was hired by Yvonne Boggs, Charlotte Trago's mom, after it seemed that local law enforcement wasn't investigating the crimes. How long after Charlotte went missing did she contact you?
1: It was six months to a year after she hired, uh, went missing that she hired me.
0: What did she share with you about uh, her reasons for hiring you?
1: She wanted she wanted to hire a private investigator and she wanted somebody that was not based in the Chillicothe area and did not have any ties to the Chillicothe, Ohio area.
0: Was there any specific reason for that?
1: Basically just because um, everybody knows everybody down there. She wanted somebody outside the area that would have an independent view, wouldn't be influenced by anybody in the community.
0: In order to understand how Wanda fits into a bigger picture of disappearance and death in Chillicothe, we need to understand how the other women went missing and how many of them were found. Charlotte Trego was last seen on May 3, 2014. She was seen at a party that night, and local rumor was that Tamika Lynch, the next woman to disappear, was also there. Tamika was last seen on May 16th and was later found dead in Paint Creek, a nearby waterway. Her death was classified as a drug overdose. The next disappearance is Wanda, last seen in November. The next month, on Christmas, Shasta Himmelrick was last seen. Her car was found abandoned on a bridge, and she was later found in the water. Her death was ruled a suicide. Six months later, Tiffany Sayer went missing in May and was found dead in June. Like Shasta and Tamika before her, her body was found in water, which many found a suspicious coincidence. Her body was wrapped in a blanket and duct tape, and her death was later ruled a homicide. And on May 29th, a woman named Timberly Claytor was found shot to death. These are the six women who either went missing, were murdered, or were found dead in the Chillicothe area. So why are these women so frequently connected in the media? The first reason may be a connection to a notorious criminal, Ernest Moore, also known by his street name, Dollar Bill. In the case of the last woman who was found, Timberly Clater, a man named Jason McCrary was convicted of her murder.
1: At his trial, um, he gave the statement that he was not guilty of the crime. And during cross examination, and he implicated Ernest Moore, who is also known as Dollar Bill.
0: Dollar Bill was a name that came up a lot as a connecting factor in these cases. Dollar Bill is a dangerous drug lord and criminal who was known particularly for his cruelty. He is currently in prison for torturing one of his drug dealers.
1: Who is a very high-level drug dealer who was convicted earlier this year of kidnapping and torturing one of his street dealers. Basically burned him, raped him with house utensils, you name it. That gentleman was finally able to escape from the house where he was being held hostage and was able to get help and spent quite a while in the hospital recovering. Ernest Moore also it was convicted uh, in federal court also of drug trafficking across state lines. And once he serves his Ohio sentence, then he'll have to serve out his entire federal prison sentence after that.
0: Jason asserted that Dollar Bill was the one who had actually killed Timberly Clater over some money she owed him. The documentary series Gone, The Forgotten Women of Ohio, uncovered some rumors about things that Dollar Bill had said while in prison.
1: There is recorded um, conversation reportedly that uh, he told somebody that he should have made somebody disappear like like charlotte do you
0: think charlotte is still alive
1: i do not believe that she's still alive at this point now do you
0: think that dollar bill is is responsible
1: uh i believe that dollar bill is involved in most of the women's deaths either directly or indirectly we're still trying to work to prove it
0: but did wanda know dollar bill when i asked diana about it she said yes do you know if Wanda directly knew Dollar Bill or Jason? Like, did you do you know if she knew them or interacted with them in any way?
2: Yeah, I know she did Dollar Bill. I mean, i seen her down on Second Street talking to him, so yeah. A couple times when I was out running around. Of course, I never said nothing to her about it, you know, because... You know, I'm her mom, and I try not to stick my nose in, you know, her business. But I did tell her how I felt about some of her friends, that they weren't good.
0: For now, Dollar Bill remains behind bars.
1: He's going to be in prison for over 20-some years, I believe. For his 2015 torture case in Chillicothe, he received uh, 10 years. And for his federal drug case... He's sentenced to 14 years and four months in federal prison. He took a plea deal back in February of 2017 to a single count of conspiracy to distribute heroin in relationship to a investigation of drug trafficking between Gallup Police, Ohio, and Point Pleasant, West Virginia in 2013 and 2014. So he's got uh, another 20 three years to serve before he gets out.
0: Though Dollar Bill is in prison, many in the community believe that little is being done to investigate his connection to the women, and that many who may otherwise come forward are too scared to because of his influence.
2: Well, I don't know if they're investigating him, you know, or it's going to be hush-hush or whatever. People just don't want to talk because they're scared. Yeah, I think he'll just get off scot free on the, on on these girls. I just don't trust the police department. I don't think they're gonna do anything. I think they're hi- they're uh, they're hiding him for some reason. But uh, you know, I still don't have no answers, and uh, we don't get too much from the detectives or the uh, police department. They don't say too much to us about anything. Uh, Which, you know, I'm very disappointed in in them sometimes. But, uh, you know, they have their reasons why they do what they do, I guess.
0: A major development in the case was when the Gone documentary uncovered serious issues within the Chillicothe Police Department. Some of the officers were suspected of knowing some of the women, fraternizing with them, and even in one case, actually driving some of them out of state to purchase drugs.
1: She had taken Charlotte and Tamika to Detroit, and provided them with drugs while they were in Detroit. No longer a police officer, just mysteriously vanished off the police department approximately one week after that, and is now, uh, has not been seen since.
0: It is worth noting here that the Chillicothe Police Department denies these allegations, saying that the claims made on Gone, the Forgotten Women of Ohio, are, quote, ludicrous and absurd. An article from the Chillicothe Gazette regarding this story notes that the allegations are quote, primarily secondhand rumors from unsubstantiated sources. Even though the Chillicothe police deny these allegations, the private investigator hired by Charlotte's family will currently not work with the Chillicothe PD out of fear of malfeasance. As far as the investigation goes, um, I mean, do you speak with police? Where is the investigation at now?
1: Due to some issues with law enforcement in that area, the information that we have, uh, we've been strictly dealing with the FBI office in Washington, D.C. Information that was provided to the department was leaked back out onto the street to, to officers outside of the missing persons task force. With that, we stopped providing information to local law enforcement.
0: As Diana noted, many in the community do feel forgotten by law enforcement. Did they take the investigation seriously? Like, how from the beginning, how do you feel like they have treated her disappearance?
2: Well, at first they did good. Well, they were getting tips and uh, relying on the tips and uh, calling in on the tips and investigating the tips and stuff like that. And then uh, all of a sudden they just uh, seemed like they forgot our girls.
0: Do you think that they think they are all connected or do they talk about that? They
2: don't talk about nothing. Mm-mm. They don't contact us. They don't do nothing.
0: Uh,
2: I'm just going to rely on uh, other people that does the stories and uh, see what they come up with.
0: Outside of this potential connection to the drug lord dollar bill, it was said by many that all of the women knew each other.
1: The most important thing is is that all the women, while the majority of the women did know each other, that they all knew uh, Ernest Moore. Most of them knew Jason McCrary and and or other sub-drug dealers that were on the street that dealt for either one of those two gentlemen.
0: One thing to note here is that Mike says a majority of the women knew each other. In both of the documentaries, they are able to show clear-cut relationships between some of the women. Texts between them, people who had seen them together, things like that. But in all of my research and in both of the extensive documentaries, specific evidence of Wanda's connection to these other women is lacking.
2: I have watched
3: that one documentary that came out I wasn't going to and my husband recorded it and was watching it and of course I was around while he watched it so I of course ended up watching it you know it was kind of weird to me how they started digging and found all these ties to like drug lords and just some scary stuff and like the whole time I'm watching I noticed that they were tying Charlotte they were tying Tamika they were they were tying everyone and it was weird because my mom's name would never come up
0: But then, around the same time the documentary aired, there was some news in Wanda's case that made everyone pause. In August of 2017, a tip was posted to the Chillicothe PD's Facebook that Wanda's body was at the bottom of a nearby lake called Ross Lake. Somebody had made a claim that they knew
2: where
3: my mom's body was, and... That was probably the hardest thing for me, which is weird because when the other women went missing and then some of them were found, I just kept saying like, I don't care if my mom comes home in a body bag, I just want, you know, something. I just became so desperate, but when I actually heard the news, I think that's when it kind of hits you like, like what reason can somebody do that to somebody as sweet as my mom?
0: Diana, along with many in the community, set up shop near Ross Lake to oversee the search. When speaking about the tip that was called in, the police chief said that it was, quote, nothing special, but they will pursue every lead to its end, end quote. The search lasted two days, and police brought out cadaver dogs, used sonar, and employed a team of divers to look for Wanda. When I was there,
2: sitting there the whole time at Ross Lake for two days, watching them Watching them go down and come up, searching the lake.
3: I was hearing that she was
2: in a lake. And I'm just thinking, like, what hole my
3: mom must have went through. And, like, why her of all people? Because she's so sweet and so, like, ugh. And my mom loved her kids. They were her number one. Every single one of us. I killed my mom that she couldn't be, like, the mom that you supposed to be to your children. It killed her, and she would call me crying all the time, telling me she was
2: sorry, and,
3: you know, I would just tell her it was fine. I didn't understand. She lost her kids so much, so just thinking of, you know, if she has passed away, which is what I would assume, it sucks to think that her last moments, I know the only thoughts running through her head was, you know, what about my kids? You know, I can't do this for my kids. Like, I know that those thoughts, and that, like, breaks my heart.
0: But after two days of searching for Wanda, it all turned out to be nothing.
2: It was a false, the guy, uh, yeah, he made it up. He he finally uh, admitted that he, that it was a hoax. uh, It was a lie and uh, they, they, uh, he got prosecuted. He uh, got, he got charges, but uh, I don't know if he uh, is doing any, any time or not. I hadn't heard anything else.
0: Police were led to a local man who gave the tip via a Facebook page and an anonymous Facebook account. He was charged with inducing panic, a first-degree misdemeanor. In an article about this false tip, Diana described his actions as, quote, cold-hearted, but has since learned more about the man.
2: He had mental problems, but but, stu- but still, he should uh, do—you he you know, he did the crime, he should pay the price. He quit taking his medication for over a month, and uh, his mom should have made sure he was taking his medication. I think you know it's her responsibility to take to make sure her son took his medication, knowing that he had a mental problem.
0: He did, but he didn't know Wanda in any way, right?
2: Not that I know of.
0: Okay, so he basically probably saw something in the news and just made it up.
2: Yes, that's about it.
0: With so little to go on, and with seemingly little information coming from police. All Diana can do now is ask for someone to come forward with information. How can people help in Wanda's case?
2: Just come forward and and if you know something, just tell the truth. Why lie about it? You don't have to give your name. I mean, you know, you're anonymous. So, you know, they, they don't have no reason to be scared because all they have to do is give the information. They don't even have to give their name. We did have a special bond and and you know we loved each other. I mean, she was she was my she was my sunshine. Yeah, I always when I she was little, I used to sing her that song, "You Are My Sunshine," and that just stuck with her all of her life. And uh, yeah, well, she, yeah, well, she was my sunshine, and one uh, a day that didn't go by, she didn't tell me that she loved me and what you know how much uh, I meant to her. My mom, and this isn't even just the way I remember her because it's been so
3: long, but this is just always how my mom has been. She's so happy-go-lucky, so smiley. I mean, don't get me wrong. She can go down, and she had such a bad life that, you know, a lot of things haunted her, and a lot of times she would be depressed, but, like, even through that, was just such a smiley, like, person. Just the little things were funny to her. Her laugh, like, I can hear it in my head, even now, I can just think of my mom's laugh and hear it perfectly. Like, she just physically laughed right here beside me. Ever since I kind of knew her, after she had moved to Ohio and gotten herself better and was, uh, you know, had a love for God. And so one way I kind of always knew my mom was she really just had such a love and appreciation for God was just always trying to stay on the strident the narrow path and I mean you can look at her old Facebook post and she's just always saying like thank you God for this day or you know just things like that just always really really loved God and just loved others and really selfless really really selfless person my mom would give you anything you needed even if she was living on her bridge I don't know where she gets that personality from because she grew up with nothing. So it's kind of amazing to me when you grow up with nothing to be so selfless and giving because typically that makes you a selfish person once you get stuff. I think that makes it really hard. Uh, Not just that she went missing, but when you think of the horrors and the horrible things that could have happened, it sucks to think of that and compare it to what a sweet person she was, because it's like, why her? Why such a sweet, selfless, like, just happy woman, you know?
0: But for Megan, her mother's case isn't tied in so neatly with the other women and has little to do with the tangled stories from Chillicothe. Instead, she believes that Wanda's disappearance hits much closer to home.
3: You know, my mom did know some of the women, whatever, but she never came up in those ties. She it just didn't connect. And I was like, I could have told you that from the beginning, that my mom is not tied to these women. It's ironic that she would go missing at the same time, but she's not tied to these women. And I just, I've known that in my heart the whole time.
0: Rather than Wanda's story being connected by drug addiction, Megan thinks that her mother was no longer involved in the world of drug use and prostitution. One of the people who was involved in the making of the documentary Gone, forensic analyst Angela Clemente, actually called Megan and told her that she didn't think Wanda's case fit in with the other women.
3: When I talked to Angela Clemente, she even told me that they had found out as much as they did know that my mom was aware of Dollar Bill, um, knew who he was, knew who the girls were, um, but like they couldn't necessarily tie her to any one of the girls or, you know, no no real past together. The other girls that went missing. They were currently in that drug addiction stage they were in it they were doing drugs losing and uh you know i think a lot of them were uh prostitutes um and that was kind of frustrating for me to see my mom be tied to all these things I was like my mom was not in this. she had a past with it but she was not currently doing any of that i was kind of glad that my mom wasn't mentioned a lot of the show wasn't tied to anybody a lot of the show because i was like that's just It's clearly proof that my mom was not on heroin and my mom was not prostituting, you know. My mom was on a a study path. She was just trying to get custody of my sister and come back to Texas. That's all she was trying to do.
0: Megan argued that the most important thing in Wanda's life at the time she went missing was the custody battle that she faced with Heaven's father, her ex, a man named Joshua Lemons. More than any other factor in this case, Megan believes that the custody battle is key when understanding her mom's disappearance.
3: She was not involved in drugs and prostitution. She had a past with it, but was not currently involved with it and hadn't been currently involved with it, I mean, for years. I think it started just with the the irony of her going missing right before a custody battle with somebody who she's absolutely terrified of and somebody who, like, could not bear the thought of losing their daughter. So it just, there were just too many ties to me. It was just too ironic for me to let that go. There's really no, no explanation for her disappearance other than my suspicion with
2: Josh.
0: (laughs) Next week on Thin Air Podcast, we discuss the ways that Wanda's case is not connected to the other Chillicothe women, and look at the people in her life at the time and try to discover if they may have had anything to do with her disappearance. Join us in one week for our conclusion to the Wanda Lemon story. Thin Air Podcast is created by me, Jordan Sims, and Daniel Calderon, with production assistance from Nate Halda. Music today was provided by blue.sessions. Check them out at sessions.blue. Thin Air Podcast is supported by our donors at patreon.com slash thinairpodcast. One of the rewards is to be listed as an executive producer of our show. The executive producers of Thin Air Podcast are Bonnie Mortensen, Skeeter Hall, Anthony Loper, Elle McManus, Wendy Gabery, Bridger Mobley, Susan Anderson, Nicole Goodwin, Jack and Christy Lupian, Drusilla Dents, Rebecca Hardberger, Heather Cadu, Mistaya Pena, and Elizabeth Farmer. Thank you so much for your incredible support. We'll be back in one week.